to Turbin. Turbin's in for the touchdown. Have fun, play with some heart, play with some passion. Turbin is in. He gets the call. On second down and goal, pushes it through, and the Colts have scored a touchdown. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Turbo Show. Myself, Bridget Case, my co-host, special guest on the show today. You may know him as the creator of the hit TV show Entourage, Mr. Doug Ellen. What's going on? So th- How are you guys? Oh, I'm doing good. great. Yeah. Doing great. Yeah, you know, I'm out in uh California, hanging out up in the up in the, the Bay Area. How about yourself? I'm in LA, locked in my house okay. like a dog. Yeah, as we all are. Bridget, you're in LA as well, aren't you? LA is not Orange County, but sure, it's close. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. I'm not sure if she was saying that like to prop up Orange County or to the. No, I'm. I'm not. It's just more so that it's like it t- people don't understand. It is a journey to get there. You know, it's like it takes a bit. Like you got to get in the car. Well, yeah, not right now. <laughs> That's true. But I'm true. like, when I'm going to LA, like I'm packing my bags for the day, even though it's like a day trip for work or something. It's like y- you're ready to go. I can't like go home because I forgot my laptop. Yeah, it's no, like, the traffic is just it's insane. So mm-hmm. one good thing out of this, I guess. Totally, I know. I was thinking about that. I was like, oh man, I should check out the freeways right now. But so what's been going on, man? That the, the you know COVID nineteen obviously hit the entire world. Um, and, and work has stopped for most people. Uh, there's been, you know, changes and adjustments that, that, that people have had to make. Um, what, uh, what, what kind of things, what kind of changes have you had to make with what you do? What are you doing differently to try to, you know, not only, uh, you know, keep a, keep a settled mind, but, but to keep working. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, uh, Obviously, I'm fortunate, so we're not going to cry for me. And um, if I'm not in production, I'm writing at home anyway. But I've been working on a new show. I was supposed to actually be in London pitching it because I'm, I'm working on a show that's international. So um, uh, we were supposed to be there pitching it, but that didn't happen. But, you know, for me, the biggest things are, you know, you got two kids who want who really want to live their lives. I mean, I'm, I'm getting old and boring right now. I'm okay staying yeah. home, you know? So um, for me, the biggest thing is, is not playing sports, but I've actually been getting some writing done. So that's been good, but um, mm-hmm. learning how to cook and, you know, stuff like that. But um, yeah, clearly it's, <laughs> but it's interesting. I don't know what's going to happen. It's pretty, pretty scary right now. He's got an air fryer, you guys. He's a frying up like zucchini chips and all these fancy things. Sweet even... potato, sweet potato chips are coming up after this. And yeah, my, yeah. This air fryer is a whole amazing. cooking show. I know. That's yes, what I really would like to do. By the way, that's what was, was really? always my dream. And well, I was not good enough to do what Robert does. That would have been my dream. Not actually football. <laughs> I, don't really, I don't really want to take the beating like that. But basketball, you know. Maybe yeah, I was going to say, I heard you want to be a point guard for the Knicks. I thought that was your childhood that dream. That would have been my dream, yes. But wow. by the way, just so we don't have any weird discussions about it, that was never like a real dream. That was never a possibility. I but, think that that was Rob's dream too. So. <laughs> yeah. 
on the yeah, it was on the low. You never know. Don't don't be surprised if you catch me playing pro basketball when I'm done with my football career. I may go overseas. I love you it. You heard it here first. Do it. I think so, it's breaking news right there. Are you a New Yorker? Are you originally from New York? I'm a, I'm a New Yorker originally from New York. I left New York at 18 for college. I went to school in New Orleans, but I'm still a New Yorker. When anybody ever asks me where I'm from, I say New York. I've never, ever said California, Los Angeles. So yeah. I'm still yeah, here. I'm wearing my New York Islander hat right there now. There you go. There it is. Yeah. Uh, now, now, arguably, though, most people, well, a lot of people that I know who moved to L.A., like I know someone who has lived in New York, moved to L.A., they, they adopt the, you know, the Los Angeles mantra, per se. They become, <laughs> not you, through and through. I root, I root for the Lakers because the Knicks are so bad, and the truth is, like, yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to be Magic Johnson on the Knicks when I was growing up, so yeah. I've, always, I've always liked the Lakers, um, but I, I, it just doesn't, I, I really, it's weird when I, you know, my accent is still here, you know, 30 years later, but uh, it's weird when people go, where are you from? And I go to New York and they're like, when, when did you leave New York? And I'm like, oh, when I was 18, you know, but, uh, yeah. but I still feel very much a New Yorker. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love uh, incredible. that. Incredible. So I assume you're a big sports fan. You like in all the New York teams, except for the Knicks. I like all the New York teams, but you know, as you know, as we get older, it's like, you know, Russ was a buddy of mine, which is how I met you. So if the Giants right. aren't winning, I'll root for the Seahawks because I love Russ and you guys. And, uh, or I'll root for Brady. Well, someone's trying to FaceTime me, totally interrupting our thing. Uh, by the way, nobody FaceTimes me. Actually, one of the few people who, who FaceTimes me, Russell, used to like the FaceTime, which, you know. No, I, I put, he's, a, I put, he's only a FaceTimer. Yeah, and I put a line in the, in the Entourage movie that was really based on Russell because – there was something, I forget who it even was, but it, it, he said, you know, I don't, I don't FaceTime with dudes. And that was basically like, because Russell used to always FaceTime. And I'm like, Russ, you're the only That's person I know does. FaceTimes besides my kids. So. That's so funny. You know, maybe he just wants the face fake contact. Take it as a compliment. Well, now, you know, now he's married with the kids, so I don't get the FaceTimes as much mm-hmm. anymore. But I used to get a lot of nice FaceTimes from him. So I, I miss them now. Now in these lonely times, I actually miss them. I hear you. They actually used to throw me off when we first became friends and we were roommates. And I'm just like, man, Russell's FaceTiming me. Like, that was like something that you would do, <laughs> she like, would do like, <laughs> with your girlfriend or something like that, right? And, and then it became a consistent thing. And then it's like, that's just, you just realize that that's just what he does, man. It's like, he wants to see your it's face. All like at midnight. You're not, you're not prepared what? for a FaceTime, you know? Never. Oh, he'll call you at the, that's oh so my gosh. Funny. Like, I don't know if you have any friends like that, Bridget. Just they always call you at just like but, but the most girls, random times. But girls are more FaceTimers than guys. I feel like, don't you think? I Not only like girls are more with my children. I only yeah. FaceTime with my children. Although now this Zoom thing is becoming, you know, like this thing. But, um, but anyway, so yeah, so I'll, I'll root for those guys like. You know, Brady, Gronk, and Edelman were on the show, so yeah. you know, New Yorkers freak out. But I'll root for the Patriots if the Giants aren't going to be good and. You know, the Knicks are so bad that it's it's pretty yeah. depressing. So I, totally. I like to, I like to see the Lakers do well and it's it's a shame the season ended because I really would have liked to see what was gonna happen in the playoffs. Maybe we still will, but I know. I mean, what's your prediction on that? I mean it, it obviously everybody knows it was gonna come down to the Lakers and the Clippers in the West, right? What do you think? If it came down to that, well I think, you know, this time off sucks. So I think everything was out the window. 
But it was hard. You know, my personal opinion, I think Kawhi is the best. That being said, I don't think LeBron was going to lose this year. I just don't, you know. But um, Really? That, that was how it looked to me. I couldn't believe what he was doing at this age. Um, you know, not even this age, like he's old, but with all the, all the games he's played, I couldn't believe how he was carrying that team. And Anthony yeah. Davis is so good. But, oh, yeah. Uh, but I think Kawhi is the best. And when he steps it up, it's this weird thing. You watch him, he doesn't even look like he's trying. It's weird. You know, it's just, uh, but I really was excited when the season started. And then it, was, it looked like it was going to be as good as it was, you know, as I thought. So it sucks. Yeah, it was getting really good, in my opinion, coming down to the wire. You know, I, I thought just like most people, it would come down to the Lakers and the Clippers. I thought the Clippers had the upper hand. But I think, you know, evaluating it from a roster standpoint, in my opinion, I thought the Clippers, sometimes you make too many moves. Yeah. You know, they, they went and got the point guard from Detroit, uh, Reggie Jackson, right? And then after, and that was a questionable move, right? It was like, especially when you're already so good, right? And then after that, they go and get uh, Marcus Morris from New York and put him in the starting lineup, right? Which I thought was an odd move as well. And it looked like, to me, from an outside looking in, that it kind of dampered their team a little bit. Like, it, they weren't as sharp, you know? We all know, and it's like watching, uh, you know, watching The Last Dance, which I'm sure you guys are watching. It's like yeah, yeah, we'll get into that. It usually comes down to having the one guy who's going to finish it, and that's 100%. why I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to watch it because I do think Kawhi might be the best defensive player ever, and I would have liked to see that last play of the game with Kawhi guarding LeBron. That that I was excited for, and I'm sure we'll see it next year. But every year LeBron gets older, unfortunately, it's not mm-hmm. you know as exciting right. as it would have been. So hopefully, yeah. somehow, somehow we get back. Right. Although watching in an empty arena would be weird. Right. It's almost that it's almost that Kobe LeBron effect where it's like, man, you would have loved to see LeBron versus Kobe, but Kobe was kind of getting older. Yeah. You know, or Jordan and Kobe where Jordan was the one kind of getting older, you know. God, you never really get to see to a guy. It's rare to, to be able to get to two guys right in their primes, you know. Yep. Yeah. In their prime years. It's weird that it, it, it this is totally random, but you know, I I started this Twitch channel and I get on and I do the video game thing or whatever. One time I got on Twitch, I was playing NBA 2K. And what I was doing was I was I was I was playing like uh like GM basically and I was I was building a franchise, right? What would I do to build a championship franchise, right? And you mentioned like you got to have that one player that at the end of the game, right? You know you can give the ball to that can win you a yep. game, right? So I, I was talking to the fans. That I asked the fans to pick a random team for me. They picked the Orlando Magic. Okay. okay. So, so, so I get the Orlando Magic. I'm looking at the roster, whatever, right? And the one thing the Orlando Magic, when, I, when I'm explaining to our fans is that, or to the fans is that, you know, the Magic don't have, they don't have a player that can win you a game in the fourth quarter, like a player that you can build around, right? And that's really what it takes in the NBA. I agree with you 100% on that. That's what the Knicks need, right? I mean, like, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, look, I, I had a, you know, I always name my, uh, I always name my pets after my favorite athletes, but you know, and uh, oh my God. I got my German shepherd here is named after Baron Davis who's a friend of mine, but Kobe, oh, wow. Kobe shot those two air balls against Denver when I was just got to LA and I'm like, this guy has no fear. This is going to be the best. So I had, you know, my German shepherd was Kobe for 12 years. Wow. Um, oh, so, so you called it way back then that Kobe was going to be great. 
I called it right after that game. I got that dog within days. And uh, no I said, you know what? Because it is, obviously, you got to be good, too. But it's that, fe- it's that lack of fear that Michael and Kobe um, and LeBron that they have, you know? And, and yeah. that, Russell, that Russell has, you know? I mean, like, the great ones have that, you know? Talk about, talk about when you first met Russell. Like, how, how, did, how did it come about? How did you meet him? What was your impression of him when you first met him? So I first met Russell. Not Kenny on Dick. FaceTime. Yeah, <laughs> not on not FaceTime. FaceTime. I, met him, I met him live. You know, Kenny, Kenny Dichter, who I'm sure you know, Robert, right? Yeah, the owner of the owner. So Kenny, mm-hmm. Yeah, so Kenny introduced us and said, we're going to, uh, we're going to Wisconsin. We're going to see this kid, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So we go, and it's great. Then we go to the Rose Bowl. And I don't know Russell. Oh, 2000, this is 2012. Uh, yeah, so this is, well, yeah, this is ele- yeah, I was cheering well, that game. Is, so, 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 so you and I were there. You and I were there. We were both there. <laughs> oh, my God. But Kenny, Kenny <laughs> makes access happen. So we're in the tunnel. You know, they're down at half. And we're in the tunnel like we're in, inside the NFL. I mean, there's not a lot of civilians in there, but Kenny and I are staying there. And Russ comes out and he gives me, I, I think that was our first meeting. He gives me a hand pound. He goes, I got this. And it was like, I had no idea how good or bad he was, zero. And there was nothing arrogant or cocky about it. It was just, wow, I got this. And this is in college. This is a college game you're at. And then, wow. of course, then of course, the game, you know, he he's, got got the, he's got the ball and the clock runs out. And there is literally zero doubt in my mind that he was going to win that game if the clock didn't run out. So that's how I met him. And then uh, – saw each other a couple times after that, but then after he got drafted, you know, Russ was a big fan of Entourage, and Kenny said he's coming out to L.A., so, you know, can you take him out? So I took him out with Kevin Connolly and Jerry Ferrara, and I I think we were in Connolly's bar, which is this sports bar goal, and everybody was like, oh, who is this guy? And I'm like, the Seahawks just drafted him, and and everybody, they're all big, loudmouth sports fans, was like, Mm -hmm. drafted him as what? And I'm like, quarterback, <laughs> you know? And oh, wow. He doesn't look big, and he's yeah. very unassuming. So everybody right. knows Matt Flynn just signed a $120 million deal. And listen, right. I have no idea. I'm like, I don't know. This guy's got something, but what do I know, you know? But uh, right. they're all like, yeah, good luck. And then, what, three weeks later, he's got the starting job. And, uh, you know, we became, we became good friends after that, you know? One thing I know about Russ, he, he, may, not, he may not have displayed this in person, but I'm sure he felt that vibe. I'm sure it, it added to the drive that he already had. Oh, you got oh you guys don't know who I am? Or you just think I'm just some some quarterback getting drafted by Seattle, huh? He's got that quiet confidence though that instantaneously yeah. like I said, there's no cockiness about it. You just you you feel it. And the truth is, you know, the tragic truth, and we actually we, we went away together right after the Super Bowl. We went to St. Uh-huh. Bart's, but I had my son and my father at that game. And, um, I mean, when, <laughs> and I like Tom and the Patriots, so it's like, I, but I wanted Russ to win. But, I mean, when, when that, uh, when the pass before, was it the curse? I don't remember who the pass was before. Yeah, yeah, down the sideline? Yeah, like, you know, right before the disaster happened. But I'm telling you, I, I swear to you, this is not, I'm not a religious guy. And Russ was always like, he'd send me little religious notes and stuff. And, and I've yeah. never had a bigger religious moment in my life than when that play happened. I'm wow. sitting in the stands <laughs> of the Super Bowl. I, I can feel it. I'm like, he's not losing. There's no way he's losing. And he throws that pass. Yeah. And I'm like, 
oh my God, and I didn't even watch the last play because I was filming my son because I wanted to see his reaction. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and by the way, like not to, you know, it is what it is. The, the throw was perfect. I mean, it was where it was supposed to be. And it's mm -hmm. a play that never should have been called. And I don't know, it just kind of, it kind of right. pisses me off because it's like to, to blame him for anything or like he should have called an audible. No, he ran the play and he threw it. If it was to... If Jimmy Graham was there, he would have ran that guy over. But because it was to, uh, you know, a, a light receiver, he got mowed over. So, but anyway, right. it still bothers right. me. It probably bothers me more than Russ because he, like, ended and he's like, we'll be back. It's fine. But I was, I mean, I was devastated that night. Literally devastated. So. Yeah, we all, we all were. We all were, man. But, I mean, listen, you got to think about it. You got to give the Patriots credit as well. They talked about it. They talked about how they practiced that play during that week leading up to the game, how they scouted it, how they saw it on film, and they were prepared uh, for they for that moment. We had Curse on. Yeah, we were talking about that with Jermaine. Yeah, we had Jermaine Curse on the show. Um, yeah. That'll air uh, this week. This, it'll air this yeah, week, Bridge, yeah. And he but the throw wasn't to Jermaine, was it? I don't remember. No, but he was, you know, he had an important part on that play. He was the picker. Yeah, yeah. Right? Right, Bridge? He was the picker on that play. Like I said, it's 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 my bias, but I think I'm right. The throw was exactly where it needed to be. And my, I've never played organized football in my life, so I'm a schmuck even talking about it. But I don't understand <laughs> throwing a timing pattern in the end zone, you know. And by the way, fine. Obviously, Marshawn should have gotten the ball. But Russell on the move is, in my opinion, until maybe Lamar, maybe, was the best on-the-move quarterback in the history of the sport. Totally. So let him improvise. There's no way he wasn't scoring. But anyway, he's fine. Well, I always say that. I always say everyone's trying to find their Russell. I always say he's, that. Yeah, he's I, honestly one of the most unique, good human beings I've ever met and focused and deserves, you know, deserves all the success. And um, I hope and I think he will get back one more time and win one. And I think he's just that good. And by the way, that underrated, which is bizarre. Oh, you know? absolutely. For 100 sure. 100% underrated. Every year. I mean, it's like every year they, they're just starting to realize that he's been the best quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the league since he got in. Honestly. Absolutely. And with little help and where they always, you know, don't don't let him pass until the third fourth quarter, where then he tears everybody apart. And you go, why weren't you doing that in the first half? But you know, right. we could waste time. But the one thing I will right. say though, because Russ, he does, he doesn't like to lose. But he lost to me in pickleball, and he lost badly, and he knows it, <laughs> and it's on film. And you know, he's he's. <laughs> you probably don't even you know what gotta, pickleball is. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I was just gonna ask. No, you guys I, my, my, tell my mom plays pickleball. Is. My mom plays. Really? So mm -hmm. so pickleball pickleball is a half-court tennis, and for a slow old Jew like me with great hands and great hand-eye coordination but somewhat slow feet, I can take uh -huh. advantage of some, some top-notch athletes. Oh, so yeah. it's, it's okay. perfect for me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, no, I, I had two responses to, to what you were saying about Russell being on the move. I, I, I thought, honestly, you know, and I'm not here to say, oh, it was a bad call or anything like that, but I'm just saying if you are going to pass, I'm thinking – you know, uh, a play action pass, something where, you know, Russell's rolling, rolling out right to his right or something like that, where he has the option to throw it, run it, right, and even, even throw it away. Right. As well. Um, and then, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, we could have we could have easily ran the ball, you know, but 
Yeah, it is what it is, you know. But I, I believe I believe he'll be back, um, and hopefully, uh, you know, we talk about it all the time. Hopefully, we can get back together and uh, and and win another title together. Uh, that, uh, yeah, I mean, winning one is is uh, just an amazing feeling, and and to do it in New York. Now, I'm from California. I'm a California boy, but New York City has always been my favorite. I've always fantasized about New York, and so winning a Super Bowl there. It was like, wow, you know, I'm in New York City, the bright lights and Broadway and everything like that. Everything I've ever dreamed of uh, sort of came true that night. And New York City uh, really it, it's been deemed my favorite city in the States ever since. You know, Oh, it's wow. Great. Really? Yeah. I love going to New York. It's I did not best. know that. It's the best. And I hope it, uh, you know, I hope it can get back soon because, you know, this is like I said, this is really, really scary, you know, for a city like New York and that thrives on these amazing restaurants and bars that, you know, right. I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, I have friends who own places and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be tough to get back. So hopefully totally. we can soon. Well, and especially since that is the epicenter of this all. And, you know, it's been so amazing to watch the last dance. And I know I've heard this before, but Michael Jordan always saying the garden is, or was his favorite place to play. And a lot of athletes have said that. What was your experience like growing up or like what was your experience like just watching so many games there? I mean, it was amazing. And, you know, I did I did a 30 for 30 doc on the Knicks, the 69 to 72 Knicks called When the Garden Was Eden, um, which is a little before my time. I was alive, but I was three years old. But yeah. those were like I grew up on those stories. But yeah. Bernard King's time was when I became a diehard Knicks fan. And that guy was like my idol and. Um, and there's nothing like it. There's really nothing like going to a game in, in the garden when they're good, you know? And even when they're bad, there's excitement, but... Can you explain it to, like, us fans, though, who have never really experienced that and have always experienced, like, fair-weather fandom? I, I mean, I can't... I really can't explain it. And by the way, Seattle is a good example because... And I'm not making fun of the Staples Center at all because... No, no, you know, no. That, I'm, I'm curious because I grew up going to Staples Center games. So that's why I, I want I to know. I can't explain it. But when you go to the Garden or you go to Seattle for a game, there's just an energy and a vibe that um, that's not matched. And I know, you know, look, it's Hollywood and you got people who show up late and all that. But it's still you can right. feel, <laughs> feel the people who love the team their whole Absolutely. lives. I, I don't know how, but you feel that vibe and you feel that it's not a fair weather situation. You know, so, um, you know, when Baron Davis, like, was on the Knicks for a minute, like, things got exciting, and it was like, or when, when Amari came, and mm -hmm. the whole NBA is mm -hmm. better off, in my opinion, when that happens. So it's, it's horrible to see, and fucking Dolan, if they don't get rid of this guy somehow, some way, I don't know. But You got to go by the Knicks, man. It's yours. Yeah, seriously, that's what it sounds it. like. Maybe, you know, maybe <laughs> Russell will buy him for me, but, I, you know, I mean <laughs> – I would I would do anything to bu to buy the Knicks, but that that's probably not going to happen in this lifetime. So, man, yeah, like uh, I I I look at it. You know, I always tell people Seattle fans are the best fans in the NFL, and not only because mm -hmm. of how they are during games. I mean, even in the preseason, they're loud and they're engaged, and I think that's the word that that is different compared to the Staples Center, I'm not saying that they're not engaged at the Staples Center, but you talked about it. They show up late. People show up late and it's Hollywood. You're not and really. It's, I, and it's a bunch of not, stuff going on. Really. I'm pretty sure at the Garden, I know for a fact in Seattle, from the, from the first whistle to the last, the fans are engaged 
all the way through. And you also really through. feel, and like I love Seattle, and it's weird because I think I went to a game to a game or two every year for like six, seven years, and I never got rain. I swear to God, every every time I went, it was sunny and beautiful. And so that beautiful. City, <laughs> when the weather's good, is like I mean, this is one of the great cities. But when the game's happening, it feels like the whole city is focused on that game. You know, they're not right. distracted. And no offense to the Mariners, but you know, it's like they're not distracted by anything else. Like, oh, totally. You know, and, no. and the Knicks, even though the Knicks have so much going on with the Rangers, the Islanders, the Giants, the Yankees, when the Knicks are playing well, you just feel the whole city is behind them. So hopefully yeah. we'll get back, I hope. No, and, and I mean, I only experienced that so much when I was living in Washington. It's the whole state who's behind the Seahawks because. I was living in Tri-Cities, which is three and a half, three, three and a half hours away from Seattle. You got to go through the pass. It's kind of a bitch to get there. And I would be covering sometimes Seattle Storm games going through there. And to see the fandom over there on the east side and how supportive people were, didn't matter if they'd never been to a game at CenturyLink or not, was incredible. I'd never experienced anything like that when I was growing up because, like, even if people live close to the Staples Center or not or, or whatever it may be or, like, went to UCLA and or USC but, like, would never go to a game, didn't really care what was going on, it was unbelievable to see how supportive fans throughout a state weren't even close to Seattle were. Unbelievable. Yeah. I love it. I love going there for games. It's it's just awesome. So and the stadium's beautiful. So all of it just combined. Oh yeah. Stadium is like unreal. Unreal. We played Washington State there when I was at Oregon and it was so cool. It's oh, I didn't, real, I didn't realize you went to Oregon. So you won that she, national championship. She not, all right. she, not, she not only went to Oregon, but that's cheered. why I was saying that's why I was saying you and I were at, at the at the Rose Bowl. We were we were there. I was there well, with you. Well, and Robert, I don't know where did you play college. I went to Utah State. Myself and you see Bobby's oh, yeah, jersey behind me. We 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 both went to Utah State. He came in a year after me. Right. And so, uh, so I went to Tulane. Which when I got okay. there, when I got there, our basketball team was involved with one of the biggest point shaving scandals in college uh, basketball <laughs> history. So we had no basketball the four years I was there, and I don't think our football team won a game. Um, while I was oh, wow. there, and, and, and we played in the we played in the Superdome, um, so there'd be like six hundred people in the Superdome. Yeah. And then, wow. And then, um, oh, sorry, my phone's ringing. No and then uh, after that, we got Mac Brown. I was gone, so I missed all. We got Mac uh -huh. Brown for a minute. We got Sean King, and all of a sudden, we were like vying for a national championship, which Tulane is one of the great places to be. If we could have had some good sports when I, I was there, then it would have been, you know. Yeah, Bridge, she went to, uh, when she was at Oregon, your freshman year, right? You guys went to the national championship game against Auburn. Yeah. Ironically, we played Auburn that very next year after Cam got drafted, first game of the season. And we almost yeah, beat Yeah, they had them. a terrible we year that year. That's what I'm saying. They had a terrible year. Now, listen, this is the, we, we, we were up fourth quarter, Mm -hmm. I don't know how many seconds were left in the game, but all we had to do was recover an onside kick, take a knee, the game's over. Okay. Long story short, we didn't recover the onside kick, and the rest is history. All right. Mm. We, did, we didn't get Little the Little moments, the upset. man. Little moments. They'll haunt you forever. You know, man. Uh, Bridge, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Michael Jordan in The Last Dance. Um, Doug, I'm sure, have you been tuning into uh, the episodes there? What do you think so far? What do you think so far? 
I mean, I'm obsessed with it. I wish it was longer. I could watch it all I'm day. Obsessed like, too. I know. You know, watching watching Michael talk about Kobe in the locker room. I mean, it was it was really like that was when I was a sports fanatic. So I mean, right. I was so obsessed with what was going on then. And you didn't really hear those behind the scenes things. There wasn't inside Never. the NFL. I mean, not inside the NFL, but um, hard knocks and things yeah. like that. So to listen right. to, to that was amazing. And and the truth is, you know, I grew up. It wasn't, you know, I, I loved my Air Jordans and I realized how good Michael was, but I hated him. He ruined, you know, he ruined my early adult years by destroying the Knicks. Yeah. And uh, I, I kind yeah. of, you know, and I kind of, had, I kind of had gone with that whole thing. Oh, fuck Michael Jordan. I hate his guts and this mm -hmm. and that. But watching this, I love him, you know, and, yeah. and it's like, you know, it's, it's the same thing about Kobe that I love that, which you know, in my shitty slow sports world, that's, you know, people tell me I'm crazy. I like to win when I'm playing. And it's like, 100%. I love that he was so focused on it and uh, and just so good. And the interviews with him, which I think he got like 40 million bucks for, I heard. <laughs> so wow. they were definitely worth it for him. But uh, it's awesome to see him reacting to this stuff and, and just seeing him get to trash talk the Pistons, who I really I've never hated a sports team besides the New York Rangers back in the in the eighties. That I hate the Detroit Pistons and those times because they were just fucking awful. Bill Lambeer and Isaiah. Um, so it's just it's great. Yeah. It's great. I wish it was. I wish it was on every night. You know. Oh, I know. Yeah, I wish they released all the episodes at once, honestly, yeah. because I just want to yeah. binge. Yeah. Right, right. But then at the same time, it, it, you know that that anticipation. I know. It's like that anticipation yeah. feels you know feels good. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And you don't want it to be over. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah, as a as a as a young kid growing up, Michael Jordan was was an idol to me. Like um he was a, a a lot of the reason you know why I wanted to play basketball and play sports in general and then the competitive nature uh that that comes with that and, and not just sports but with anything uh, also kind of stemmed from him and also Kobe. I was, a, I was a Chicago Bulls fan growing up. I never rooted for the Warriors ever in my life. Even though I grew up in the Bay Area, I was never a Warriors fan, even though I, I liked them. It's not like I, I hated them, but I love Michael Jordan. Therefore, I rooted for the Bulls. And then when he uh, you know, retired and moved on and Kobe came around, that, that guy became sort of my next idol per se. And so I became a Laker fan because of that. I always rooted for, you know, my favorite player. And it was really just the, the, their mental approach to the game. Like, not only do I want to be the best, but like, I'm going to like slit your throat and like step on it, you know, <laughs> like. Well, I love it. You know, Kobe, Kobe, I got, um, I was lucky enough, Ari, the real Ari from my show, the real guy, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. gave me courtside tickets to the Lakers and, and honestly it's like my my leg is touching Kobe but this was back in the day when Kobe uh was just like didn't talk to people didn't do anything okay. and I'm with my son who's probably like seven and you can actually see this I'll tell you in a second but so their halftime ends and they're coming out of the tunnel and my son who's the cutest kid in the world <laughs> he gets out and he's like holding his hand out and all he wants is Kobe to like slap it yeah and all the all the regulars in the courtside seats are like he's not he's not he's Kobe's not gonna say hello Kobe's is this not your first hello. time sitting courtside uh probably maybe probably let's just say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's, yeah I think it was but uh 
So my son's sitting out there and he's waiting, and, and all of them, like who are the regulars in the court, said they're like, he's he's not gonna, you, you, you know, he's not gonna do it. And I'm like, I'm gonna have to tell Kobe's dick or something. Like he's gotta say, he's gotta acknowledge my kid, or this is gonna be really uncomfortable with me sitting there. Yeah. And Kobe walks by, and I'm feeling like like he's not gonna say hello. And Kobe walks by, rubs his head, gives him a high five, and I'm like, this is the man. And as it turns out, Spike Lee was shooting that that documentary. So it's. I don't know. Wow. I don't remember if you actually see that moment, but you see my son and like the whole thing sitting next to Kobe. Oh. So very cool. But that's um, amazing. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. We don't have to talk about that. I'm sure it's been talked about. But that 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 day hit me hard, like I could never have expected. I mean, I was I was in bed um, sick, which I'm praying was was COVID. Now I really am. I was really really sick the day Kobe died for like 14 days. And I couldn't believe how devastated I was. I really was like shocked. I was, I yeah. was absolutely de- like I like I knew him. You know, it was yep. it was wild. Yep. So one hundred percent, completely devastated. I mean, it was it was one of those things where it's just like whatever you had going on that day, you didn't even want to do the rest of the day. You just wanted to just like like mourn. Um, Nothing uh, mattered anymore. Yeah, not at all. Um, uh, in your opinion, uh, of the last dance, like. Uh, what do you think of the film itself? You know, like what goes into making a documentary, making a really good documentary that's engaging uh, for viewers to watch? Well, I know the coronavirus has put the sports world on hold and your March Madness bracket that never even existed this year may be busted. But that doesn't mean you have to stop placing your bets. BetOnline.com has hundreds of exciting games to wager like poker and blackjack. And I mean, we've still got American Idol, The Spelling Bee, Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, My Money's on Joey Chestnut, obviously. There's still so much fun to be had. So go online to betonline.com and use the promo code MYPOD100 to get 50% off with a welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, for our listeners, 50% off with your promo code MYPOD100. Bet online. The fun never ends. I mean, my feeling is, I, you know, the good news is I'm not really watching it and analyzing it because I'm so into it. Yeah. Right. Without being critical, the, the back and forth does bug me a little bit. There's a couple of times where I, I was yes. confused. I actually was like, wait, did he, was okay, he just I in trouble just for me. family? You know, and I don't really, I, I, I don't <laughs> know why they needed to do that. But that being said, and, you know, as I said, I did one of these, which I feel very proud of, but, you know, it's riveting. So um, the stuff they have is incredible. And, you know, a documentary, usually, look, your editor and your, your stars are going to make it, and they're just compelling figures. And, you know, I was lucky enough to have Phil Jackson do, you know, a lot of interviews oh. in, the, in the Garden with Eden. Yeah. But, you know, sitting down, Michael, who really, you realize, doesn't sit down and talk a lot. It's just, right. it's awesome, you know, so. right. Phil, Phil, I'm sure is a very, I mean, even in the, in the last dance, I mean, that when they, when they focused on Phil, you see like, wow, Phil was just such an interesting person. I mean, he was just, he just was cut from a different cloth. I know it had to be really interesting. He had to be a great interview. It was great. And, you know, Michael Rappaport, who directed it and and started it was, you know, Phil told us, I think we had an hour and he sat with Michael for like four hours and, uh, yeah, I could listen to him all day. He's an ama- amazing, smart, interesting guy. And, um, 
you know, you always heard the behind the scenes and you're like, okay, what, what did he really do? Did he, yeah. did he get lucky that he came onto this team that almost, almost won it the year before? Yeah. And the mm-hmm. same with the Lakers. But yeah. there's, that, there's that intangible and there's that thing of dealing with Rodman and dealing with Michael right. and mm-hmm. dealing with Scotty, you know, that, right. that is not an, it's not an easy thing to do. And, you know, as a, as a not at all. filmmaker, I've dealt with some, you know, some big ego stars. And right. it's, you know, often challenging. And the, and the good ones, which I'm not suggesting I'm one of them, but the good ones find ways to get the best out of those people. And Phil did it. And the fact that Michael Jordan was like, I'm not playing with anybody else. I know. I mean, like, yeah. it's, it's unreal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. After after not even really wanting him to be the coach in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because there was totally. that thing about him taking the ball out of his hands because yes. he wants yep. to run more of a team-based offense, right? right? Mm-hmm. Ball is moving. <laughs> and George's like, what? Yeah. Uh, and I, I want to go one-on-one. And can you imagine being the guy that comes in who has to deal with Michael Jordan who doesn't want you there? Absolutely. And over? It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. You know, there were, there, there were some pretty, pretty interesting – I mean – I mean, I was so such infatuated with the Bulls as a young kid. So it's so interesting to hear these stories. I mean, with Rodman going to Vegas in the middle of the season and and and, and Phil Phil essentially letting him go, but checking with Michael first. He's like, "Listen, I'm cool with it, but you got to tell my you got to tell Michael. Like we got <laughs> It's crazy. Um oh man. Yeah, exactly. Man. Oh man, it'd be yeah, everywhere. exactly. All of our social media during that. No yeah. way. No, I mean a lot of the stuff that was going on. I mean, you, you talk about how you hated Jordan because he used to beat the Knicks. I mean, imagine your team, the Knicks, which happened right. They go up two zero in the Eastern Conference Finals. The best player goes to Atlantic City, gambles for a little while. Okay, and you're like, oh, this guy's not focused. He's you know he's. He's out partying. He's doing his thing, and then he comes back and beats you guys four straight games. How frustrating is that? It's it's right. I mean, it's like what they did, you know, like Victor Cruz and, and Beckham. Like they're on a boat. Like big fucking deal. They're on a boat, and they're like, I'm listening right. to every. They're not focused. You know what I mean? Like what do you? And again, I'm I'm never going to be, and never was a professional athlete. But what what else do you do between the games? You know, as long as you're yeah. not getting drunk out of your mind, you know, you should be able to focus. But so right. Right. Crazy. You know what I've learned being in professional sports, you know, I, I grew up, you know, my dad was a pastor. And so I grew up in, in, in you know, in a strict home and stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, growing up, you know, I, I it was like I, I admired like Jerry Rice. Right. And you hear about Jerry Rice and his work ethic and and all the things that he did in his extra time. And he didn't drink and all this kind of stuff or whatever. So so that was my way of, of, of thinking of, of this is how this is what I need to do, you know, to make it. To, right. you know, to be the best that I can possibly be and, and, and achieve the dreams that I have for myself. And then when you become a pro, you realize that, like, everybody's different, man. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, everybody does their the, their greatness is displayed in so many different ways and how they're able to achieve that is mm-hmm. displayed in so many different ways. So it was one of the biggest wake up calls, for lack of a better word. That I that I that that happened to me coming into the league as a rookie and a second year guy, and that's why I said his similarities with with talent with actors. I mean, yeah, you know, if you're blessed enough, like to be Michael, to be born with the work ethic and be born with the talent, 
Oh, my battery's dying. Wait, I'm back. Um, you know, that's one thing, but it's, it is like, you see that with some actors too, who underachieve, who can, who walk on and, and just roll it and they're real good, but they're not the guys who really, you know, study their craft and really don't give a shit about all the other nonsense, you know? And yeah. Listen, I, I dealt with the same things. Actors coming in hungover, you know, this one, like wanting yeah. to, you know, but some of them end up still being like one of the goats. You know, like I said, there's the great and there's the greatest. So I think for the most part, the greatest, I think, are focused. You know, the ones mm -hmm. I've seen that I think are like mm -hmm. taking it to the next level are, are focused and working hard. And sure, like Michael, you know, he probably would have been the best ever anyway. But I think it's I just think what Kobe and Michael have is such a big difference from some of the other ones who have and Russell, who have that. Yeah. extra gear that they can put it into, you know, I think. And, and I think that's also, you know, people get mad about it. Like, I mean, people talk about Shaq all the time who, yeah. I mean, imagine right. Shaq worked like That's a Kobe. great example. Imagine yeah. Shaq worked yeah. like Kobe. I mean, right. he would have been 60 great and 30, example. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's a great example. A lot of that's people always do put, you know, Kobe and Jordan in the same conversation of who's better, who's better, you know, compare. Yeah, that was and my next question too. Now <laughs> it's LeBron. Where does everybody fit in your eyes? Yeah, where yeah, you at on the, you goat, at on the debate? goat debate? I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not like gonna sit here and talk like I'm an expert or anything, but it's just silly. Mike, Michael's the best. I mean, it's just that it is what it is, you know. It should be and, easy, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, and it's a different time. And look, LeBron's body was built to deal with what they were dealing with when Michael was playing. But I have no idea if his mind is because I've never seen it. And the way they used to kick the shit out of these guys back then yeah. is a very different thing. And they talked about it in that, but I've known that for years. To go to the basket, you were risking, you know, really getting hurt. We're not just talking about mm -hmm. basketball right. injuries. We're talking about real, real injuries, you know? For so sure. Mm -hmm. It's not to take away from LeBron because, you know, I don't know. I sometimes say this. Like, if I, if I was given a franchise and I could have a 20-year-old LeBron or a 20-year-old Michael, okay, it's a tough question because there's nothing LeBron James can't do on the basketball court, but it just seems from college on that Michael, you yeah. weren't going to lose, you know? Like, you just yeah. weren't. And, and I honestly do. I think LeBron does have some limitations on the basketball court. I'm not saying he's not any less great. But I'm saying in comparison to Michael, I think up until this year, what did Michael have that LeBron doesn't? Well, first of all, he had a fadeaway jump shot from the post. When have you seen LeBron James do that on a consistent basis? You know, not very much. And I just think from an, from an, from an agility standpoint, going right to left and getting to the basket and, you know, obviously LeBron is extremely explosive, but... It's 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 a little bit simple to me. It's basic, you know. It's either it's either you know it's it's one crossover to his left or one crossover to his right, and then he's going to bully his way to the basket. You know, you there know? was a series, LeBron Cleveland against the Pistons. Couldn't tell you. I wish I was like Bill Simmons and be like, oh, it was uh, I don't know what year it was, but LeBron took over, and I think he, as I remember it, went through five guys at least six yeah. seven times in a row and dunked it, and I said. He's going to be better than Michael. And then for years, in my opinion, and I love LeBron. He was on my show. Mm -hmm. 
and I love him. So we're only talking about, mm-hmm. like, is he the second to fifth best player ever? But I know what game you're talking about, too. He scored the last 35 points in that game himself for the Cavs. 35. And dominated physically. And I think I always think, yep. like, Michael having LeBron's body <laughs> and his crazy mindset, I, I yep. can't even imagine. But I always felt like LeBron, there were a lot of times where I was just like, why does he not just run to the basket? There is no way to stop him. It's impossible. Yep. It's like Marshawn at the goal line. It's right. not right. possible. But um, right. so that's, what I, that's how I would separate them. And also, mm-hmm. you got to look at it. Unfortunately or fortunately, it's just like Tom Brady. Tom Brady, of course, he's the greatest. But there's three plays, including the one we're talking about, that all of a sudden he's three and three, two and four in Super Bowls. And if if Chris Bosh, who I think is like top 10 most underrated players ever, if Chris Bosh doesn't tip that ball to Ray Allen, if uh, Draymond doesn't get suspended, very, yep. I mean, it's not even like a, a real conversation. Who's the greatest? So right. I still might right. be the greatest, you know? Right. No, I mean, I listen, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly, um, 100%. I don't even think it's that close. I think it's closer. It's a closer debate with Kobe and LeBron. Yeah. You know. Well, and also I'll say, though, Bernard King, offensively, he doesn't rip out his knee. There was no one better offensively than Bernard King. Nobody. But um, really? Different different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I never saw. Bernard, too, the Ernie and Bernie show about them in Tennessee. But Bernard was awesome, and he got hurt and was on bad teams. And, you know, a lot of stuff comes into play like that, too. But, um, yeah. you know, Michael, you know, it, the question is, and I love Scotty. I think Scotty really is also, like, he would have been that great on anybody, I think. But I don't know. Like, you know, we know Michael was that great, for sure. So Yeah. Yeah, well, Scotty supposedly lacked the, lacked the mental toughness early. Well, well, and, he, and, and, when he gave up in that really game, get out of that. Right. I mean, the following year, they, they could have been in the finals, which then you go, wow, they, were, they could have been in the finals without Michael, which is crazy. Because one of the things about LeBron that you really can't dismiss anymore, every team, he takes them to the finals, he leaves, <laughs> they don't make the playoffs. I mean, not making the playoffs right. in the NBA is embarrassing. And every team mm-hmm. from finals to not making the playoffs. Then he goes to the other team and they – make the finals and that right. Cleveland team he took to the finals I mean I can't I mean Mo Williams, I can't remember who's on it you know it's like Della uh, Vadova yeah the, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, <sighs> so he was doing things but that being said he still should have lost to the Warriors that year but yes he should have he was kind of one on five and it was pretty amazing to watch mm-hmm. it was it was the NFL schedule just came was just released yesterday and and I'm not sure who your number one team is. Is it the Giants? Is it the Jets? Is it the Rams? Yeah. Okay. All right, Giants. You you got your you got your young quarterback going into his uh, what third year, Bridget? Second, second year. Sec, second year. Danny yeah, second Dimes, year. right? What are the Dimes? Danny Dimes. Yeah. I was like Dime or what do you, Dimes. Uh, what, what is Something, your whatever. what is your current evaluation of Danny Dimes <laughs> so far? I mean, listen. I was I was a Big mouth asshole who's like, "What the fuck is this, Danny?" <laughs> but there's no denying he shocked me last year. And you don't do things that nobody in NFL history has ever done, which he did a couple of those, and not be good. 
interceptions always worry me. Like, you know, and uh, sometimes that stays with you for a career. But he's – I'm shocked. Sometimes they go away like Peyton Manning, though. Yeah. So I, I am excited about him. Um, What's your prediction for the season? Seven and nine? Not good. Seven and nine. Seven and nine. I, 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 I'm thinking seven and nine. I'm not sure and, exactly. And the tragedy you guys is, and the Giants have like a couple primetime games too. You guys got some good slots. And if if Saquon gets wasted, that's the tragedy because that guy. That's the yeah, you're right. I think that would be the sad thing to not have him have the career that he should have. So hopefully, because you know what's a what's a running back's career? You know, I mean, like in the best case yeah. scenario. Well, not the best case. I mean, unless you're a freak like Adrian Peterson or something. How? Or uh, Frank is Frank Gore still playing? He just signed with the Jets. Insane. Age 37. Just signed a one-year deal with the Jets. He's coming back. Unreal. Unreal, right? But I love it, man, because it, you know, it, 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 it defeats like the narrative. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I love more than that. I love it these guys. The narrative. Brady. I mean, like that's what yeah. I say. The Giants aren't gonna win. And I also love Belichick, so I have like these these guys I love, but I would love to see. Brady and Gronk go to Super Bowl. I mean, I would love that. Yeah. I would too. Oh. I would too. You know, I'm saying that now because I'm not signed. Now, if I, you know, once I get signed, I'm on a team. Obviously, that my preference is going to be there. Um, for you, I'm going to be rooting for you to get there too. So, yeah, yeah exactly. I appreciate that. But well, appreciate I'm just excited that. to watch Breeze and Brady play each other twice a year. Yeah. Like, uh. Two 40-year-old guys, you know, who are insane. Hall of Famers. Yeah. It's, so it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, the coach, the new head coach for the New York Giants came from New England, right? Uh, what do you think about him? You know, again, I'm like, Judge. I mean, I don't know if I can analyze it that deeply at this point. And I believe in Belichick <laughs> so much that if he hired people or he picked people, they're probably good. Obviously, there's... A lot of things have to come into play. I don't, you know, I mean, I think Belichick is the best ever, but I don't, I think, you know, putting the team together is a big part of it, you know, and. Um, well, I think Belichick's going to, I think Belichick will struggle this year. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not really sold on Stidham. I think they're going to the, tank uh, it Do you this think year. they'll tank this year to get Trevor Lawrence next year? I, I 100% think they're tanking this year. Yeah. I really <laughs> do. You know, Bring I mean, some sunshine to Fox. If anybody's got a plan, it's Belichick. That's for sure. You would think so. You know. All right. Well, before before you go, no worries. Before you go, I want to ask this last question about some of the projects that you've done in your career, and if you have a favorite, whether it's a movie or a documentary or a show. Mm. I mean, what's what's one of the ones that's really up there that you really enjoy doing the most? I mean, obviously, Entourage was you know was life changing for me and game changing and was. 14 years of my life for eight seasons in a movie. So that was, you know, it gave me some of the greatest experiences ever from, you know, shooting at Yankee Stadium, bringing all my high school friends there and controlling Yankee Stadium, thanks to Mark Deshera, you know, and um, U2 concerts, shooting on the floor at the Lakers games. So that, everything about it, you know, my children were on the show and, you know, everything about it obviously is life-changing. But, you know, I've enjoyed most of the things I've done, fortunately, you know, um, the Knicks documentary was pretty special for me being a Knicks fan. And um, I did this documentary with a friend of mine called Charged where um, he suffered a, a catastrophic injury. He was electrocuted and his 
Rehab and Everything. Um, that's a really great inspirational documentary that I did. Um, but, you know, the, the first two movies I did, this movie Fat Beach, I'm sure you've never seen, but like I shot in seven days. Oh, I saw, I, saw the, I, mean, I saw a preview of it, actually. I mean, I mean it's, it's hard to imagine now that, that Chris Rock used to make fun of that movie. I was 21 years old, like got asked to do this movie. The word fat, I promise you, white people did not know what the word P-H-A-T meant <laughs> right. in 1993, 94. Right, right. And then <laughs> this little fucking movie, Sports Illustrated, has got O.J. Anderson on the cover of Sports Illustrated. It says fat back like a year oh later. Oh, my gosh. Somehow this movie's still playing on cable 20 years later. Now, I'm not suggesting anyone needs to fucking watch it. I'm just saying <laughs> I was a 21-year-old kid, and it was a fun process. And yeah. It was a cool experience. Um, and then the other movie, I, I made this movie with, you know, good friends, my friend David Schwimmer from Friends and yeah. um, called Kissing a Fool. That, it was, you know, it was great. I shot on, at Wrigley Field. I believe we were the first movie ever to shoot on Wrigley Field. And we got oh, Sammy wow. Sosa at the heightest. No. Sammy Sosa uh, to be in the movie. So, yeah, I don't Trying to see if she has this chart right now. Um, so you know, I, I've been lucky. It's been a yeah. It's been a good role. I get to make my own hours, and like I say, even in this pandemic, I can fortunately stay home and still have the ability to feed my kids. And I know how insanely hard it is out there for you know a lot of people, but a lot of people I know. So it's um, yeah. That's amazing, man. Uh, really amazing. One comment I want to make about Entourage is I discovered my dream car from that show. Okay, uh, really from the movie. You guys had two cars. The Cadillac Seal was that was the one with the drop top. Now I heard that they don't, that was the only one made in the world. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm actually but glad you brought this. Up. I'm glad you brought this up. The, the other one was the Cadillac El Mirage. I'm glad well, you brought that up because it's been so upsetting me for so long. After the movie came out, you know there was a lot of haters about the movie. That's fine. They kind of fucked themselves, but they <laughs> I, there was these articles that I had made this giant product placement movie and this, this Cadillac was this, this product placement shit. Oh so let me just, this is the first time I get to explain this, but I was okay. obsessed with that car. That car does not exist. That was a, a um, uh, what do you call it? A, um, you know, like a, a test look at something, they, a yeah. concept car. It's called a concept yeah. car. So GM was nice enough because I begged them. Obviously, they wanted cars that they sell in the movie. I'm like, I need that car. That car is the coolest car ever. I love it. I need you guys to make it. But they ended up giving me a car. That car could not go over 40 miles an hour. That car did not have seatbelts. That car did not have door locks. So it wasn't a safe to travel on a road. But I was so obsessed with it. And then all these athletes, when it came out, were like, that car is sick. But oh. some asshole wrote this article that I was paid to oh, do this geez. thing with GM. And like, oh, on wow. none of the products that were ever on Entourage was I paid for. Every, every celebrity that was on that show was because I was fans of theirs, if they wanted to be on, from LeBron to Russ to whoever. Yeah. And every product that was on that show was something that I used or loved, and I was not paid for. So um, that car was amazing. What was the other car, though? The other one was the El Mirage, Cadillac El Mirage, yeah. two door coupe. I mean, the caddies, yeah. the caddies are awesome, you know, and they still should come out with the with the seal. I mean, they, they they just should. It's so yeah. great, but so hopefully yeah. they will someday. And that's where I met you. So yeah, right. exactly, yeah, you guys. That's, that's how Rob and Doug met. Yeah, 
That's how we met, man. It was an amazing experience for me, and I'm forever grateful that you allowed me to be a part of that film. Absolutely. That was the day Gronk and Edelman were there too, right? Or was it the next day? No, no. Gronk and Edelman came the next day. Oh, because Russ, yeah. maybe Russ was there two days. Because I remember Russ saw Gronk right. and he was like, I, I need one of that because Gronk right. is so big. Man, yeah. that thing was nice. No, we had a great, we had a great time, man. But, uh, but I'll be sending you a jersey soon, man. My guy, he's going to get it framed uh, for you and, and, I, and I'll send it, send it to you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really appreciate you coming on to the show. Thanks for taking the time out out of your busy schedule, man, to come holler at us for a little bit. I'm so busy right now making sweet potato fries. I'm just fucking overwhelmed right now. I'm going to ask you. You the cooking show soon. Do you have to use grease for that thing, that air fryer? No grease. I'm selling it like I own a piece of this company. You don't have to use any oil. It's healthy frying. Seriously. Anyway, great talking to you guys, though. Yeah, thank you so much. Take care. Awesome. Yep, be good. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.